0: Jennifer unlocked the first yellow door and, with the sun out in full force and not a rain cloud in sight, she folded back the concertina sections until they were against the far wall. As part of the remodelling of these outbuildings, once a row of four derelict and unused garages lining the rear of the car park behind Cloverdale's main library and handful of shops, high windows had been installed all round to generate the extra light that flooded in now. The project to launch the library of shared things was something for Jennifer to throw her energy into. After the ordeal she'd put everyone through eight years ago, she'd settled back into her role as a stay at home mum of three children. But lately, she'd become desperate for a lifeline. And last year, while visiting a friend near Crystal Palace, she'd found one. Her friend had spilt wine on the carpet, dragged Jennifer around the corner to an actual library, And within those doors, she'd discovered the Library of Things. The founder, Rebecca, had just finished a presentation to others who might be interested in adopting the concept in their local community. And while her friend borrowed a carpet steamer, Jennifer booked herself on the next tour, and the idea had been born. She'd left the Library of Things, not only a little bit merry after her wine, but enthralled by the idea that she could offer something similar to Cloverdale. Two weeks later, and she had more information. She also had the determination that this was going to work. Because what Cloverdale really needed was to regain that sense of community her mum had always raved about. Somewhere along the line, with modernisation and busy lives, it had been lost. And Jennifer longed to bring it back to the village with its expansive green, the duck pond surrounded by the white picket fence, its wood-beamed pub and chocolate box houses in a mishmash of sizes and colours. There was a small bakery, a post office she'd hate to see disappear, and a playground on part of the green. And it was home. After her second meeting with Rebecca, Jennifer approached the owners of Budlier Farm. On the outskirts of Cloverdale, it was a sprawling, beautiful place with a walled garden, fountains, lush trees, and a splendid lake bordered by oak trees. The farm had been in the same family for generations, and the family were well known for their philanthropic work, supporting a number of major charities. And so Jennifer had seen an opportunity, got them on board, liaised with the local council, and it had been all systems go. Now, behind the bright yellow doors, the Library of Shared Things was about to become 100% real with the opening ceremony outside beneath the sunshine, a chance for locals to see what it was all about. Items filled the hutches against the walls, with everything from a lawn mower and hedge trimmer to a wallpaper stripper, a nail gun and a tea urn. Most items were brand new, secured on heavy discounts or given to them by generous retail outlets after she approached them and told them all about the venture. A few items had drifted in from locals in Cloverdale. Some wanted, others not so much. When she'd begun to tell people this was what she had planned and why she was painting the doors of the outbuilding in preparation, she'd had donations of old lampshades, board games and jigsaws with missing pieces, a broken projector and a food processor that was so old it was dangerous to use. Jennifer had no intention of putting anyone's safety at risk and had had to politely decline some items due to their unsuitability. What had come in useful was the brand new sewing machine donated by Belinda, local and a fellow mum at the kids' school. She was a dressmaker by trade and had got one at a bargain price. Local carpenter Wesley had brought in a power drill he'd got for Christmas from his dad. He'd bought the exact same one for himself, and hadn't had the heart to tell his dad who was so chuffed at his choice. And Danny, who ran the pub along with Melody, had donated a set of loppers after seeing them on sale at a hardware shop, needing them only once himself. He'd told Jennifer there was no point in him keeping them. He wouldn't need to cut back the tree in the beer garden for at least another year. And when the time came, he was happy to part with a small sum to borrow them again.